0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service which is already underway and listen to the message. Amen. I have labored over this and it hasn't come easily. Sometimes the Word of God seems like it'll come easily to me, but this hasn't. So I take this as a sign that the enemy does not... Want it preached, but I told him early this morning, out. (laughs) Satan, out. Amen, because I just felt confident that God had a word and and I needed to just plow through, and I I feel like God has given me that word for you this morning. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you a story really quickly here that many of you could probably relate to just to help you understand what my topic is this morning. But uh, for those of us in this room that are mothers, there is a moment in the birthing process that is very important, and that is when that baby makes its entrance into the world, the thing you're waiting for the most is the first breath that that baby takes. And so I'm going to tell you... Not a lot of the details, but a birth story uh, that happened 24 years ago. Um, I was uh, expecting my son, Marcus, and uh, we had had a very difficult pregnancy with a lot of complications. I had an ultrasound every week since about 13 or 14 weeks all the way through the pregnancy. And I won't tell you all those details, but Marcus is a miracle. Amen. <clears throat> And so when it came about five weeks out from the day I was due, I went into distress, and I found out I was in early labor. And when they did the ultrasound that week, Marcus, who had been in perfect position for months, was out of position. He had gone breech. And so they uh, talked me into doing all kinds of exercises, which I will not describe to you, (laughs) to try and get Marcus to get into position. I did everything except stand on my head. But about a week into that, so I was about still four weeks out from my due date, I just knew that things weren't going well, and I wasn't feeling good. And I called my doctor. It was a Sunday night, and uh, I was telling my husband, Mark, I wasn't feeling well. He's like, could you just wait till after I get done preaching? I said, yes, I will wait. (laughs) By the time Mark Mark had finished preaching, I said, you need to come home now. Do not go to TGI Fridays tonight. Come home. And so when he did, we went to the doctor, we went to the hospital, we called, they said, come on in. But well, when we got there and they examined me, the doctor said, um, not only is Marcus breach, he is footling breach. I said, well, what does that mean? Footling breach. I'm gonna show you, not graphically, but <laughs> what it looked like. Footling breeches, Marcus had his hands over his head like this, both hands up, and his feet were completely. He was standing up pretty much with his hands raised. It was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. So the doctor said to me, okay, Diana, well, we're going to do a C-section. I'm like, okay. He said, we're going to do it right now. I'm like, well, okay, okay, okay. I I hadn't even thought about a C-section, but let's just go ahead and do that right now. He goes, no, now, right now, we're going to do it. Within moments, I was in the operating room, and he is talking to me while Marcus was being born, which is quite a unique feeling. And anyway, as he was working on everything there, uh, he said to me, um, his bones are going to break. I said, what do you mean his bones are going to break? And he leaned over the sheet that was in front of me. He said, it's better his bones than yours. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Let's just think about that for a moment. Praise the Lord. And uh, it was a very quick, difficult birth. My husband was praying in tongues <laughs> in the operating room. And uh, when Marcus birthed, he was born, uh, both of his shoulder bones broke during the delivery and both of his hips displaced because of the, the position he was in. It was quite traumatic. I was just laying there pretty much laying there and but so here's what I want to share with you this morning that moment that every mother every father waits for is the first birth of that or that first breath of that baby there's something about that that is just magical it's the moment that you're waiting for there was no there was no breath it was there was quiet in the operating room And I was laying there, and I'm like, okay, is he okay? Is he okay? Hey, is he okay? What's happening? Well, what I did not know, and I began to hear there were uh, neonatal intensive care workers that came into the operating room, is that while Marcus was being born, he had ingested fluid, which caused him to have pneumonia, and he could not breathe. Yes, he's a miracle. So without any, there was no moment They whisked him out of the room, still not breathing yet, um, to the NICU to begin to work on him because he had pneumonia and he could not breathe. So I was laying there and my husband's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, go with him. Like, go. Like, I'll be okay. We got a baby here and he's not breathing. Go and pray in tongues all the way down there. Do something. (laughs) Call everybody you know because we need God here in this operating room. Well, they worked on him and worked on him, and I want to show you a picture of Marcus. I told him I was going to do this. This is his first picture, and it was sent to me from the NICU because I did not hold him. There was no moment to hold him. And the notes that are on there, this is 743. Marcus was born at, I mean, 1043. He was born at 1013. The plastic dome is an oxygen bubble, and the blue heart is a sensor for, his, for the heat that's above the crib, and the other wires are an IV, a heart monitor, and note the little blood pressure cuff on his arm. Thank God he did start breathing, and they worked and worked on him, and so I did not see him. They eventually moved me to a room, and the funny thing kept happening was that the nurses from the NICU kept coming to my room. And they're like, oh, Mrs. Reed, you have a wonderful son. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. How's he doing? They're like, well, he's screaming. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hadn't seen him yet. I didn't see him for almost 24 hours. He's screaming. He's pretty much screaming. So the next nurse would come down. I'm like, well, we just want to let you know how Marcus is doing. I'm like, well, that's awesome how he's doing. Well, He's screaming. <laughs> he's screaming. I'm like, he's still screaming? Yes, he's screaming. I'm like, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry about that. Can anybody help him? I don't know what to do here. A few hours later, someone else would come down. Wow, you've got a great son. He's got a great set of lungs on him. He's screaming. He's still screaming. I'm like, he's screaming. He's been screaming for hours. Can't you stop him? What's going on? And finally, in the middle of the night, probably 3, 4, 5 in the morning, uh, he screamed the whole time. Later on, this nurse came, and she said, I just want to tell you something. I think it's good that Marcus is a screamer. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> Why do you say that? She said, because he has screamed all of the fluid out of his lungs. And so within that day, he didn't have pneumonia anymore. And uh, so I finally got to hold him later that night, and he was breathing fine. Praise God. There's a critical moment at birth when you wait for a baby to breathe. And spiritually, I feel like the Lord told me that some of you are in that place this morning, that it's time for you to take a breath. The reason for my message this morning really came from Marcus. I'm sorry this is all about you today. It will be about the Lord very soon. <laughs> he was reading a book called The Doctrines of the Bible, and he read me a comment from there, and it it. It bothered me. It got on me, and I just haven't been able to shake it, and that's where this message comes from this morning. I'd like to read to you my text, 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Greek word that's translated as scripture there literally, literally means writing, all writing, all holy writing, is given by the inspiration of God. And the word there, the Greek word for inspired, literally means a breathing that God breathed. It reveals that scripture uniquely issued from God as his breath. All scripture, all writing is given by the breathing of God, Second Timothy 1 20 and 21 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake. They wrote, they formed words as they were moved on. They were moved inwardly. They were prompted. They were carried along by the breath of God, by the Holy Ghost. So the Bible that you hold is a very valuable book because all scripture, all writing is the breath of God recorded for you. Carried along, men were carried along by the presence of God writing these words. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. Everything is going to fail in this world, and eventually the world itself is going to pass away, but he said, my word will never pass away. Praise God, aren't you glad? (laughs) Praise God. If God's words will outlast the planet, then they're still here, because guess what? The planet is still here. The word of God is literally his breath. And since God will never die, then his word will never cease to exist. Because as long as God is breathing, his word is here. It's impossible for God's word to extinguish because God still lives. The Bible that we use and we depend upon today, all scripture is God breathed. And here's what I want to tell you today, that scripture has the same origin as we do We came from the breath of God. God breathed. I want to take you through Genesis quickly. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, isn't that amazing that God could speak and the world would appear. Do you believe in creation? I believe in creation. I believe that God himself spoke and the world came into existence. I do not believe it came from anything but god there was nothing before he spoke he is the creator hallelujah god said let there be light verse three and there was light Verse six, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Verse nine, and God said, everybody say, God said, let the water under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Verse 14, and God said, God's doing a lot of talking. He's saying, hey, it's all going to appear at the power of my word. Praise God. Let there be light in the firmament of the heaven. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth a abundantly verse 24 and god said let the earth bring forth the living creature and he said it and there it was wow And we have that creator in our hearts today. Praise God. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, how? By the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So after all of this was created, the atmosphere, the galaxies, the stars, the moon, every plant, everything in the plant plant world, everything on the earth, everything in the water, God all." of that then all of a sudden god said 126 and god said let us make man in our image and i want to read to you in genesis 2 how he actually formed man and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed god breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul man is different from everything else in creation God spoke everything else into existence, but when he made the man, he said, something different here. He breathed his breath into that man, and that's how he became a living soul. And I want to declare to you that all of mankind, every one of us, every person in this building is here and breathing because of the breath of God. Job 33.4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. When you woke up this morning and you took a breath, you can be confident that it was God who put breath in you. Every breath that you take comes from God. He's the author of the breath in our lives. Praise God. Oh, you ought to be thankful today that you're alive. Hallelujah. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Oh, come on. If you've got breath in you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That breath you just took, it's from the Lord. Isaiah two five. thus saith the Lord God, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. If you're breathing, it's from God. Job 27.3, he said, all the while my breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils. You are breathing right now because it's the breath of God that's in you. Praise God. And that's something to celebrate. Praise God. But Jesus said, one breath is not enough. In John chapter 3, Jesus began a discourse with Nicodemus. And he, I want to read that to you in John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, and no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I say unto you most assuredly, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you're born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, Nicodemus, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So don't marvel that I've said unto you, You must be born again. Then Jesus said that, said this, the wind blows where it wants to. The wind is blowing and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's going or where it came from. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Jesus said, let me tell you something here. That word wind that's translated there is actually breath, the word for breath. He said, I want to tell you something, Nicodemus. The the breath that you've got right now came from me, but that is not the only breath that you need. He said, I have come to give you second breath. I have come to breathe life into you. And when you get that life, you will never die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God breathed. God breathed. Jesus was saying, Nicodemus, I know you've been born and you're breathing, but that's not all there is. John chapter 6, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you are spirit. That word that's translated spirit is the word breath. Oh, come on, get with me. There's somebody here that has yet to experience the breath of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to drive it home today until you do. Why? It's the greatest opportunity on the planet. And besides, you can't leave here without it. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He breathed, he breathed. And now I want to take you to the end of Jesus' time on the earth after his crucifixion. It was the evening of the day of his resurrection. That morning, he had raised from the dead. And that night, he is with his disciples. And actually, it was quite amazing because they were locked in a room, afraid for what was happening. They did not understand. And the Bible says that he just appeared in the room. He did not open the door. He just was there in the room. Okay, well, I'm just saying. That's impressive. So John 20, verse 22, he is standing there on the night of his resurrection. And when he had said this, he told them what had happened The Bible says he breathed on them and said to them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He was saying, everything that I have been through, the reason I came to this planet is to breathe into you the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He said, here's what you don't know. I'm the one who gave you breath that you're breathing now. But this is why I came. To breathe into you a second time and give you the Holy Ghost. When he breathed on them, the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. That word in the New Testament is nowhere else recorded. Only one time, that word. He breathed on them. But when you trace that word, that's a Greek word, he breathed on them. It is the same word from Genesis chapter 2. When God knelt down over a man and breathed into him the breath of life. When he breathed into that first man, Adam, he breathed into him eternal life. But Adam walked away from that life and when sin entered the world eternal life was cut off fast forward thousands of years later jesus is standing on the planet and he said i'll tell you why i've come i'm the author of all breath i've give breath i've given breath to every single man that has ever lived on this planet I'm the author of all life, but I'm telling you why I'm here now. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. If you have any hope at all of making it, it won't be because you're alive and breathing on this planet. It will be because you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is alive in your life. That's it. That's the hope that you have. Oh, the second breathing into man was God's plan all along. John 14, 17 says, Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Not just the physical breath, but the breath of God inside your life. And so here, once again, God employed the same act of breathing out life into his creation. Just moments before Jesus ascended into heaven, a few days after what I just told you, this is what happened, Luke twenty four forty nine, and behold, he's, he was standing on a mountain with all of his disciples and followers, and he said, I'm telling you, here's the last thing I'm telling you, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but here's what you've got to do, go back to Jerusalem and just wait, because it's coming, it's coming. They didn't understand it. He had just told them they would be receiving the Holy Ghost. No one had ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But here they are on that day. They see him ascend into a cloud off the planet. So they said, Well, I guess we better just go to Jerusalem. That's what's next here. So they all make their way to Jerusalem. They find a room. They start praying. They start waiting for the promise of the Father. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, and suddenly, praise God! (laughs) There came a sound as they were in this room from heaven as of a rushing mighty. Can you guess what the actual translation of that word is? Yes, it was the breath of God that came into that room. He said, I send the promise of my father unto you. And all of a sudden, the wind filled the room. And then the Bible says they were all filled. Woo! The second breath entered their lives. Hallelujah. With the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Praise God. oh it was the moment he had been waiting for since the beginning of time it was the moment god was waiting for since the very first time he leaned over adam and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life thousands of years he waited for that moment to fill that room with his spirit woo, and then fill every person and i declare unto you in the name of jesus that every person in this room needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost to fill your life, to fill your mind, to fill your spirit. You need to be filled with the breath of God. You can't leave the planet without it. Hallelujah. Oh, the wind is the breath. And so, God, breathe, breathe. Breath comes from God. The first birth, when you got your first breath, it came from God. But let me tell you, when you get your second birth, it come. that breath comes from God. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the breath of God. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Time after time, in the Book of Acts, people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It blew in; the wind of God blew in, the breath of God blew in, and filled these people with the Holy Ghost. It filled good people with the Holy Ghost, and bad people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jews were filled with the Holy Ghost, and Gentiles were filled with the Holy Ghost, and Samaritans were filled with the Holy Ghost, and children were filled with the Holy Ghost, and old people were filled with the Holy Ghost, and men were filled with the Holy Ghost, and women were filled with the Holy Ghost, and teenagers. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Once that wind of God started, it did not stop. Because anybody who wants to can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Then Peter said, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 9, people are like, what is going on? Why are people speaking with tongues? Everybody looks a little drunk around here. I do not know what's going on. Why are they so happy? What's happening? Peter said to them, Repent. (sighs) Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall. Yeah, there's no question about it. You shall receive the the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you. Yeah, (laughs) and it's to your children. And it's to their children, and then 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 their children, and their children, and their children. And here we are. Praise God. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. God wants to breathe internal life into every person. When God breathes into your life, when the power of the Spirit begins working in your life, something incredible happens. My challenge for you this morning is twofold. I started out with saying that all scripture, every writing is given by God's breath, God breathing. So I want to challenge you on two fronts this morning. Hallelujah. I think I need to be in better shape than I am. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. All scripture is God breathed. And since God was careful to detail detail for us his word and his plan, then the challenge is to take our lives and line it up with the word of God. That's the challenge. Jesus said in John 6.63, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. He said, The words that I speak, that word is breath. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. Spirit and they are life. I found this quote by the late Billy Graham. He said this, applying God's word is the step that takes you from the student to the surgeon, and you have only one patient, that is yourself. Scripture is the scalpel in your search for sin and weakness in your heart. Scripture is the cure you plant there to keep you from future sin. And scripture is the stitches and the salve that close and heal sin's wounds in your life. Oh, Pastor Ellis has been preaching much lately on the power of the word of God. And I raise the anthem one more time again today. It is the entrance of your word that gives life. And every one of these words, God breathed out for you. And he said, I'm doing it for you because I want you to know me and know my breath. Hallelujah. Oh, the wealth that is in the word of God. And then Billy Graham said this, the burning heart of application is decisive action. So I've come to call you this morning to do something. When we had the spirit break out a few minutes ago, I said, Lord, is this all you want to do? And he said, nay, nay, in honor of our late bishop. (laughs) Nay, nay. I speak in the Holy Ghost and tell you that not everything that needs to be done has been done yet this morning. And I challenge you right now under the power of the Holy Ghost to begin to yield your will to the Lord. And if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I beg you, do not leave this place today without giving God the opportunity to fill you. And it's been a, if it's been a while since you feel that renewed in your spirit, I challenge you, do not leave this place today without the breath of God blowing in your life. Oh, you have to take the word of God. You have to hold it up against your life, your mind, your actions. You have to ask the hard questions. Am I doing this? Am I doing this? Jesus summed it up in John 13, and he said, If you know these things, then blessed are you if you do them. So I call you today to obey the word of God this morning, and this is how transformation works. You hear it. You understand it. Then you make the decision to apply it. You take the step. You make the move. You do the work. You experience transformation. The infilling of the Spirit of God is His work. But guess what? Repentance is yours. Repentance is yours. Baptism, washing away your sins, is His work. But guess what? Getting in the water is yours. Praise God. You do the work. You start the path to transformation. Oh, is it your day to repent? Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Oh, God is calling us. Can you give up your sin? <sighs> Can you lay down the sin that's in your life? Oh, please listen to me today. Water baptism in the name of Jesus. Can you obey the word? Mark 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned is it your day to receive the baptism of the holy ghost john 3 5 jesus said most assuredly i tell you unless you are born of the water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god if you're asking yourself this morning do you think he meant me yes he did unless you respond and receive the baptism of the holy spirit you cannot enter into the kingdom of god Oh, today's the day. Oh, what about healing? I love this verse. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word. He sent his word and he healed them. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Transformation, Ephesians 4.22, that you put off. Everybody say I. I. I put off concerning my former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitfulness. I've got to take the word, I've got to make it work. Habits, you've got to break them, and God will help you. Strongholds, thank you for singing that song this morning. You've got to tear them down. Mm. It is your work to tear them down. Forgiveness, you have to ask for it. I want to give you a brief example in my own life. And then we're almost finished here this morning. You, you can take the word of God, the breath of God, and apply it to your life. And when you do, you will change. Because it is the le- living, breathing word of God. It is alive. We moved here as a family in 2002. And two years later in 2004, in the summer of 2004, I became very sick. And I... I didn't know what was wrong. I thought at first maybe I caught a virus. And then I started getting where I couldn't breathe. When I would go up steps and things, I would cough and I couldn't breathe. And then I thought, well, maybe I've got pneumonia. Maybe something has happened. Maybe I've caught something. I was tired and I, I couldn't breathe. And every day it got harder to breathe. So finally it came down to a, I think it was a Friday night. And I thought, something is wrong. There's something wrong with me. I don't think this is a virus And over the weekend, I went to uh, an urgent care, and they did a x-ray on my chest because I would climb the stairs, and by the time I got to the top of my stairs in my house, I couldn't breathe. I thought something's wrong with my heart. Something had happened. I didn't know. But when they did that x-ray, and this was on, I believe it was a Friday night, they did the x-ray, and they said, well, we've got pneumonia. Something has happened. You've got pneumonia. And uh, so by the next, by Monday, I had all weekend long, God, please heal me. What's happening? I went to see a doctor, and they started running tests, and they ended up doing a lung biopsy on me, and when they did, they said, no, you don't have pneumonia. You have an autoimmune disease, and that is called sarcoidosis, and it will attack an organ in your body and take over the organ, and autoimmune diseases make your body think that it's sick when it's not sick, so everything starts working against it. And it was very, very critical. And of course, there was a lot of fear in my children because they had lost their dad. And so now I was very, very sick. And I began to seek the Lord. And I said, God, I need your word to work in my life. I, I don't think this is my end. And I don't want it to be my end. And I need healing. I need your word, which is alive, to get into me and heal me. People began to pray for me. I was still very sick. This went on for quite a period of time, but as I started seeking the Lord, I got an assurance from the Lord that I would not die, that it would not take my life. They designed for me a long 6-month period of medication that would counteract this situation that was in my life. But during that time, verse after verse, God began to give me his word. And I, every morning, sat in that chair and quoted verse after verse. And I said, body, you will obey the word of the Lord. The cells that are in this body will obey the word of the Lord. And God, you made me a promise that this would not take my life. And you would sustain me while I'm being healed. And so by your stripes, I am healed. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I quoted verse after verse after verse. Lord, you have already promised this to me and it will happen. Day after day, quoting the word of God. Getting the fear out of my mind, replacing it with faith, knowing that God was at work, that he was going to take care of me. He was going to take care of my children until finally one day as that thing completely left me and they told me, they said, once you have this disease, you will have it the rest of your life. That was in 2004 when I was diagnosed with this. You will have it the rest of your life. I have lived now for 15 years, (laughs) 15 years free of any symptoms of that disease. They said, if this ever comes back on you, the next, the next treatment would be chemotherapy. That's the only way to wipe it out of your system. But God healed me. He not only healed my body, but he restored my faith in him, and I learned how to take the word of God, which is alive, and put it in my life that's what I'm talking about. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's alive. It's at work. It will change you. It can heal you. It will help you. Oh, it's your counselor. Hallelujah. I challenge you, I challenge you, whatever situation is in your life, you can remain standing. I'm almost done. That you will take it and apply the Word of God to it because it is the answer. And so my first challenge to you this morning is, if there is an area of your life that's in chaos or not lined up with God's Word, it's time to figure out what the Word of God says and bring it in because God's Word is alive He breathed it out, and he's still breathing, so his word is still working. Here's my second challenge to you this morning, that the breath of God would blow into your life through the power of the Holy Ghost, either for the first time or once again today. Now I realize we had an altar call earlier today, so there might not be too many people who still need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I'm convinced that there's someone who has yet to receive the Holy Spirit here. And I've come to tell you that the breath of God is in this room for you. And I want to challenge you that if you received the Holy Spirit maybe years ago, maybe a long time ago, that today's the day to let the breath of God blow in your life. Oh, God. Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. Early this morning, early this morning in prayer, I read that verse again, and I said, God, could I dare to believe that you could do that again? That we would have a day at the Calvary Church where every person left here filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because I've come to tell you today. That you do not have to leave here empty. Because the breath of God is blowing for you today. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. If you've never been filled with the Spirit. Then today is your day. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says. And be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Oh God baptize us everyone. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. How? By his spirit in the inner man. I love this verse. If you came here today and you just feel like you need God, the answer is the Holy Ghost. It strengthens you inside. Oh, God. If you feel like you're carrying a burden that's too heavy to carry, you know what the answer is? The Holy Ghost. The breath of God blowing in your life. If you're carrying a weight, you don't know how to get it off. You know what the answer is? The breath of God blowing in your life. If you've got an addiction and you can't shake it, you know what the answer is? The breath of God blowing in your life. Hallelujah. Romans 15 says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're struggling and you don't have joy and you don't have peace and you need a little hope, guess how it comes? the power of the Holy Ghost. This podcast was brought to you by The Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about The Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music,